Rabbi Yisai, today's shir is being sponsored by Simcha Weichber Broad. Simcha Weichbrod. Lili Nishmas, Yaakov ben Chaim, Gavriel, and Shom Shadav and Aliyah, sponsored by Saul Feldman, in honor of Eli Hakaris Atoy for making the Yoimi accessible. Yishkoyach Saul. Sponsored by Robert Libman, in honor of the memory of my sister, Yiddis Balchabad Abo Menachem. Joyce Feinberg, any relation, who was murdered in the attack on the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, October of 2018. Her neshama should have an aliyah, thanks to all the sponsors, Yishur Koyach. All right, um, quick announcement. So as we are preparing for this amazing seum, we are doing the following. We're going to have two very, very prominent speakers, famous, yes. Ellie, mm-hmm. If you have other announcements to make, you want to push this off maybe to the end because more people are still joining on, unless you have nothing else to add. I can read the email. That's good. Let's read the email. Okay. Dear Reb Kosher Laedus, Ellie, based on yesterday's story that I wasn't Kosher Laedus, I took out, I'm also not kosher latest because I have one of these. In Israel, if you have one of these, you're not kosher latest. I took out the Hakadish to defer to you, although I believe the Hakpada about it is only using the adjective Kaddish after the name, Ariya Kaddish, La Kaddish, Rabbeinu Kaddish, not before the name is commonly used. Uh, how could someone who spreads Torah to thousands not be described as holy? So Yishkoyach, now I am Hakadish. So at the Chuppah that day when they said Arav Agoyin and didn't say Hakadish, I'm a little bit disappointed. My kids know all about you, as if you're a relative of mine. Whenever I tell them anything Torah-related these days, I get, did Rebelli say it in today in the Shir or is it in the Daf? They don't ask if it's in the Yaimi. Okay. The Daf has been transformative, much more than only making sure to be handed the, the Kiddush cup on Shabbos, saying the first paragraph of Benching Out Loud, or saying, Im Toshav Shabbos Raglecha before Kiddush on Shabbos. See, people are taking note. They're making real changes. I have started on my day with the Daf Yoimi. The Daf is the focus of the day for sure. I was jittery. I, I took this off a text. It was a, it was a text message. So I don't know if some of these words are a little... I was jittery all Tishabov to hear the Daf at the end of the day. I am and will always be eternally grateful for opening up the Gemara for me. Reb Zeyre, Reb Chir, Reb Akiva, Elizabeth Herkinus, Always knew them by name, so I could do well on the Bechina, but now as a middle-aged man, they are finally part of my life. From one of your quiet YouTube Talmidim, Yishur Kayach, Mr. Quiet. So now that we have a few more people, but it doesn't matter, people will watch this on YouTube, etc. We are trying to gather as many people as possible from, so like this, let's say we have 100 locations, we would like to hear from each location, let's say 60 seconds, something, it doesn't have to, no Dvar Torahs now, just a message to the Eilam, to the Chabura, so that, why do I read these emails? One of the big reasons is, start, start off with a little Gishmak, but also the camaraderie, so people have a voice, it's not just me talking to you, but people are talking to us as well, the camaraderie, the, we're all, we hear from a guy from, from, from England, the guy from uh, yesterday from Melbourne, from here, from there, so this is a chance for everybody to, to, to voice, to people see who you are, etc. So I'm 
asking if people could please, one person per location, send in a short clip. It could be a selfie, it doesn't have to be professional with lighting it. Take your cell phone, point it at yourself, 60 seconds, who you are, where you're from, what your message is to the Chabura. You could send it to this phone number right over here, to this WhatsApp. Right over here. Write it down, jot it down. And then, we will take it and we'll put some music, I don't know what, we'll, we'll cut it up. Now, there'll be locations that will be live. If you insist on going live, we'll do live. But the way the, the, we're, we're trying to do it, we'll like break it up. A few, a few um, pre-recorded, live. And then also the people that are live, it, it's complicated and, and you have to like work with us. We want to tell you when you're going to speak, so get ready. So that it's not like fumbling, oh, and the guy from Australia, he's going to start looking for his mic and his this. So it has to be tak, tak, tak. There's going to be a certain schedule. We're going to hear from this famous speaker. We already have two unreal speakers, by the way. Short speeches, nothing like two hours. 15 minutes, one. The other guy, maybe five minutes. You know, like that. Okay. So those are the analysis. Again, once again, if you could do a pre-recorded, it's preferable. And uh, if either way, tell us who you are and where you are, send us a message who's going to speak, what the person's name is, and then we'll give you a slot and let you know when you're going to be ready to go. All right, today is Daf Kuf Nun Aleph. Wow, we're in the Nuns already. The end of the Mesech is Kuf Nun Zayin, so you do the math. So going back to the Mishnah Daf Kuf Nun Omed Aleph. We had two halachas in the beginning of the Mishnah. One was what you shouldn't do, and the second one is what you could do. And then comes Zavashal. What you can't do is, you can't go to the Tchum. So, the halacha is, if this is your house, you can only walk 2,000 Amis on Shabbos. 2,000 Amis in each direction. You stop and that's it. You're not allowed to, oh, I have a bunch of stuff I just printed out. It was a slow print. So here's a really nice picture from our good old friend Yoni. Here's a guy, I don't know if you could see well. Here he's sitting on a stone right by the Tchum, waiting. He's waiting to watch his field, waiting for Shabbos to be over. So that is what you're permitted to do on Shabbos. You're permitted to watch your field. So you go there, you watch your field, you're at the Tchum, and then from there on, you keep on moving. After Shabbos, you go and you do your thing. What are you not permitted to do? You're not permitted to go to the edge of the Tchum in order to hire people to do things that are awesome. Comes Abishal and says, I have a cloud. Let's just wrap this up in a cloud. And he says these, this, these words. If I could say it, then I could sit there by the Tchum. So that's Abishal. Says the Gemara like this. All the way on the bottom of Kufnun on the base. Two lines from the bottom. Which one of the two halachas was he talking about? Was he saying, was he talking about the reisha, the thing that's usher? I'm not allowed to go to the end of the tchum to get workers. Or on the seifa, I'm allowed to, if I'm doing it, to watch my field. He was talking about the reisha. So the halach over there is what you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to go get the workers. Rashi 
So why is he saying the positive? He should say the negative. He's talking about a negative halacha. What you're not allowed to do. You're not permitted to go to the, to the border and wait. So he should say, Kol she, uh, kol she If I cannot say it, so why does he not say it in the, in the negative? If he's talking about the ratio, which is a negative, he should say, talk in a negative. He's talking about the positive. What are you allowed to do? You're allowed to go to the border to watch your fruit. That's also not good. But the wording is reversed. Because what does he say? Abishol says, Whatever I could say, so I could do. And what, he, what should he say? Abishol should have said, Whatever I could do, whatever I could go to the border, I'm allowed to say. Because the mission is saying, I'm allowed to go to the border for XYZ. I'm allowed to go to the border to watch my fruit. So it's, he's talking about going to the border. He's not talking about talking. What am I allowed to talk? What am I allowed to say? That's, that's not what the mission is talking about. The reason I'm allowed to walk to the border, do this. This is going to the border. Says Abishal, if I'm allowed to go to the border, I'm allowed to talk about it. But why is he saying, I'm allowed to talk about it? If I'm allowed to talk about it, then I'm allowed to go to the border. It's reversed. His logic is reversed. Says the Gemara, you're right, let's still go with the Seifa. Because the Seifa is telling us a positive, I'm allowed to, and, and Abishol is talking about what I'm allowed to. Abishol is saying this. This is a big Chiddush. I have a field that's out of reach. My field is 2,010 Amis away from me. I can't get there. Your field is within my Tchum. But you can't get there. So we make a deal. I tell you, you watch my field, and I watch your field. But the problem is, how can I tell you on Shabbos to watch my field? My field is out of 2,000 Amis. It's something also for me to do. I can't get to my field. Nevertheless, I'm allowed to tell you, you watch mine, and I watch yours. So now, Abishol really tells the Tanakhama two things. There's two halakhas here. You're allowed to tell your friend to watch my fruit. So there's an Amira. On Shabbos, I'm allowed to tell you. I'm also allowed to watch my fruit. I'm also allowed to, it comes out, I'm allowed to even wait there until Shabbos is over to watch my fruit. Look, I could... Watch my fruit on Shabbos, so certainly I can wait there to watch my fruit on Matzah Shabbos. So he comes up with a chap. If that's the case, let's make a let's make a general rule. Why are you limiting it to one case that a guy is waiting to watch his field? So make it a general rule and add other things. For instance, you're allowed to go to the Tchum so that on Matzah Shabbos you could do things for a kala. You could cut flowers for her. Or you could take care of a mace. So make it a general rule. Why are you limiting it to a field? Number one, there's an amira. I'm allowed to say things. 
Be'eman, therefore, kol shani zakeh ba'mirasoi, v'shoyani l'hachshukhalov. So, again, if I'm allowed to tell you to watch my field on Chavez, I'm allowed to tell you to go somewhere that I can't get to. I can't reach it because it's out of my tchum. Nevertheless, I'm allowed to tell you to do it. So there's a certain aspect of Amira on Shabbos that I'm allowed to do. And I'm allowed to watch my field. I'm allowed to watch fruit. I'm allowed to even go to the border so that I can watch my fruit on Monday Shabbos. Therefore, I can make a cheshben, says Abishol, and I can actually go to the border. I can tell you to go to the border so that you could take care of stuff for a kala. Say, says the Tanakhama, no, you can't. What's the difference? You can go to the border to watch your field, but you cannot go to the border to cut things for a kala. You know why? Because on Shabbos you can't cut that tree for the kala. So therefore, you're not allowed to go to the border to wait to cut it for the kala. But since you can go to the border to watch your fruit on Shabbos, that's okay. So Memelam, that's what Abishal says. I'm sorry, the Tanakam also agrees to that. You're allowed to go to the border to watch your fruit because you're allowed to watch your fruit on Shabbos. But you can't go to the border to cut things for a kala because you can't do it on Shabbos. But I'm allowed to speak about it on Shabbos. I'm allowed to tell somebody, hey, we got to take care of this kala. Where I can't tell my friend, uh, Masih Shabbos, let's cut flowers. I'm allowed to say, Masih Shabbos, let's cut flowers for a kala because that's a mitzvah. So, but going to the border is different going for a kala than going to watch your fruit. Going to watch your fruit since you're allowed to do it on Shabbos, you're allowed to go to the border and wait for it after Shabbos. But going to the border to cut flowers for Kali and Aladu. Says the Gemara, Klal Lasuyimai. What's the big Klal? Lasuyeha, the Torah Bonam. Ein machshichin aladchum lavi behema. You're not allowed to go to the border to go grab your animal. Not, you might carry your animal. But there's a trick. You go there, and you just call her, and she comes. If, says if I could speak about her on Shabbos, I'm allowed to go to the border. Here we go. So therefore, I'm allowed to go to the border, take care of a kala, and take care of the dead, to get him a coffin, and tachrichim. By the way, there's a Tysus here that says that based on this, on this halacha, very interesting, based on this halacha that I am permitted to tell my friend, a Jew, on Shabbos, go watch my fruit, even though it's mechutz l'tchum, you see a tremendous insight. What if I accept halacha l'maysa? You guys are asking for halacha l'maysa. What if I accept Shabbos early? I do early Shabbos. For me, it's 100% Shabbos. I can't be mechal Shabbos. But you are still driving your car so I am permitted to tell the Jew, go turn on my light. There's no Amira the Yehudi now because it's Shabbos for me. Because it says over here, even though it's also for me to, to go to watch my field because it's out of the Tchum, nevertheless, I'm allowed to tell my friend to do it. There's no Amira the Yehudi. The Ran argues on that. The Rishonim that argued. By the way, I just want to say uh, a huge Yishikayah to Uncle Phil. He's been working tirelessly behind the scenes to get us cameras and it's not so successful. Even, even B&H has ran out of most of the stuff that we need. We need different equipment. He's working and running. He's coming there. He thinks he's coming there to Israel. I hope he knows what he's talking about. 
Because people have a lot of issues getting here, but if he says he's coming, he's probably coming, right? It's happening. Okay, good. So, we hope to see you soon. Um, am I allowed to say what you do for a living, where you're from? No, okay. Well, a big, big schos for everybody to know. The owner of uh, the, the famous uh, restaurant in, in Borough Park. What is it called? Chapanaz or something. You know, it's a schos. Fine. He's not in the food business. So you tell, you tell somebody, listen, go over there, get me that thing. And if you're not successful, you can't find it, get it from another... Yeah. Who? He had a grandchild, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil had a grandchild, and also, so Mazel Tov to Uncle Phil. I did not know that. So Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Once we're talking about grandchildren, Shmelka, Shmelka Gutman from Flatbush, the one hosting the uh, seal in Flatbush, for Borough Park Flatbush, he also had a granddaughter. What does a grandchild mean, Uncle Phil? Boy or girl? Which one? I mean, boy or girl? A girl? A girl. All right, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Lada Nachas. So you talk, according to Tanakam, you talk to the guy, you tell him, listen, you can't find it for 100 bucks, get it for $200. So Rebbe argues and he says, do not, we're talking about a kala here, we're talking about a kala. So get her, uh, she, she needs flowers, if you can't get it for 100 bucks, get it for 200 bucks. This is all on Chavez. Rabbi Yossi says, listen, you can deal, you can talk about a kala and what you have to do, but don't talk money. Like we said yesterday, uh, you're allowed to talk to a tutor about teaching your son, Torah, who can't be more important than that, but don't talk about money. Don't say, how much do you charge? 50 bucks an hour? Okay, great. Can you do it for 45? There's no, no, no talking about money. Says the Mishnah. So we just discussed this. You're allowed to go all the way to the border, Again, if you don't remember what the border is. Here. Uh, no, here's a better picture. This guy waiting here, patiently by the border, of his 2,000 amas. It's his personal border because it's 2,000 amas. It's about 4,000 feet from where your house ends, from the final house in that city. Or Burgadim, like we spoke about yesterday. A hut equals a house. You'll have to stay there. Why? Because you're waiting. Now, who does this go according to? We just finished discussing this. Obviously, this goes according to Abishol. Because only Abishol holds that for a kala, which you cannot do during Shabbos, you can't cut flowers on Shabbos, only he holds that it would be mutter to wait until Shabbos is over. And for the dead to bring the coffin. Did I print that picture? Probably not. It's okay. But there was a funny minute in those days. The flute. Da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Whatever. I just heard a nigga once. So, the, they used to use flutes. It's a, I guess it's, very, it's a very emotional thing. You talk to the Yerushalmi, they tell you all about their flutes, by chasanas and all that. A flute. In those days, they had flutes by, 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 uh, by Levi's. And there was a Gemara's for your wife, you have to bring X amount of flutes. And, you know, very... You think music and a levai don't, don't, don't go together, but they were into the flutes. So if a non-Jew brings a flute on Shabbos for the funeral, says Rashi, you can never, ever use this flute. It's gone. 
condemned for life. Why? Because everybody knows why he brought the flute. Non-Jews don't use flutes by their funerals. So he brought you the flute for your funeral, that's it. It, it, has, it has a stigma that I can't use it. Elam came boom and mokim karev. If he brought it from a really close place, meaning within the tchum, and Tysus explains, if you look at Tysus, the Ramaskal, im came boom mokim karev, all the way at the end he says, Vishleimar, dehev mokim karev le mahani kokach you don't gain much. Look, he gained uh, three and a half minutes. I mean, until the funeral starts, Matzi Shabbos, you can't just, oh, have Dalai and he's in the ground. It takes time until you arrange everything. So what did you gain? He, he brought it five feet. So you could have done the same thing. So, therefore, we don't punish you. Also, if the guy made an Arayin, Loi, for himself, to the guy, and he dug a grave for himself on Shabbos, you cover by Yisrael, you could use it for a Jew. But if he did it specifically, he works for the Chavir Kedisha, and he dug the grave for the Jew on Shabbos, this is a $30,000 loss on Hiram Menuchas, whatever it costs today, $50,000, can never use that grave. What does it mean from a close place? Rav Omar, In other words, Rav says that you have to have clarity here. You have to be 100% certain that the guy brought it, you saw, says Rashi, that he removed it from his own home. You saw him taking it out of his house. You saw this hush of a flute coming out. But if you don't know, all of a sudden he shows up, you assume. Assuming, says Rav, is not enough over here. You could assume. Now what's very, very interesting about this word, you would just keep on moving while you read this word. Again, let's read it again. I am concerned that perhaps maybe it was, came from close by and therefore what? I could use it. So this is one of the only times in Shas that this word is used for a kula. Chayshinon always means I am concerned and therefore I cannot do something. Over here I am concerned that he's close by and therefore I could use the flute. Says Rashid, there's one other place. In Mesechus Chagiga, that the word Chayshinon is used in this way. I don't know if he means only one more place, but suffice it to say that it's, it's very rare, the word. That you don't use it for a kula, you use it Chayshinon. It's a chashash, you have to be machmer. Over here, it's a chashash, a mekel. There's a diuk in the Mishnah, like Shmuel, diktani, osalei, oroim, v'chavar, like hever, yikavar by Yisrael. Now, Alma, I don't know exactly why he, he, he dug it, why he did it, and, th- and nevertheless, I can use it. In other words, a suffix is good enough for me. Now, Rashi takes out this word Rav and inserts instead Shmuel. In other words, it's the exact opposite of what you're thinking, that there's a right for Shmuel and not Rav, because argue, they argue on each other. In other words, we're going to try to bring a Raya that if it's a suffix, you don't know why the guy, when the guy brought it from where, you could still use it as a suffix. And we had this sugya, you have a bathhouse, and it works, it operates on Shabbos. If most of the people using this bathhouse, not that they live there, but most of the people using the bathhouse are non-Jewish, so then the guy heated up the water for the non-Jew. 
If it's mainly Jews that use it, it's a, a frim, a bathhouse, then you have to wait. However long it takes you to, to heat up the water. So Rashi really says, you don't have to be gorgeous all this. Everything we just read is not so important because we're trying to get here. You have a smaller mikvah, not a huge amount of water. A bathtub, literally, enough, you know. If there's a, a guy called Roshus, you could use it immediately after Shabbos. Now, not immediately, immediately, but immediately. In other words, enough time that you could fill it up. It doesn't mean the moment Shabbos is over, you jump in this bathtub. As the Gemara explains, Omer what my Roshus, what does it mean? Roshus, Omer now, typically when I read these, these uh, names, I fly through them, I don't know what I'm saying. But over here, it, it's an interesting name. Omer Rav Yehuda, says Rav Yehuda, that's because on the side he's not gurisit so well. But if you gurisit like this, it's very interesting. Omer Rav Yehuda, Omer Rav Yitzchak Rav Yehuda. What does it mean? It means that Rav Yehuda said that my son said, my son, his name is Rav Yitzchak Bereder Rav Yehuda. That's my son. My son is Yitzchak, the son of Yehuda. So, Omer Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, my son, Yitzchak said, Im Yeshba, that's why on the side they don't like it so much. Im Yeshba Adam Chashuv, because usually a father is not going to quote a son like that. Im Yeshba Adam Chashuv, you have 10 people, 10 slaves, that could heat up 10 kettles in one shot. In a very small bath, you're permitted to use it. So, what does it say here? It says that even Mesophic, I don't know who heated up the water, but if I could get to this, I don't know who's using it, it's a small bath, but if I could do this trick of, there's a guy, he has 10 slaves, even though he's not here, I'm still going to use it. So in other words, Mesophic, I could use the flute. Now, why am I allowed to use this kever? So the guy did, he dug a grave for himself. You said that if a guy fills up a bath, he heats up the water in a mikvah, you can't jump into the mikvah right after Mount Shabbos, you have to wait. Enough time that it takes you to heat up the water. So wait also, enough time that it takes you to build a coffin. Now, a Jew is not buried in a sratya, in the middle of a public street over there. So it's 100% for the guy. 100% for the guy, you don't have to wait. Now what about, okay, so I know that the grave is in a, in a location that only a non-Jew will be buried. And therefore it's 100% for the non-Jew. What about, the, what about the, the coffin? The coffin looks the same as a Jewish coffin. The Aaron is right there by the grave. He dug the grave in a, in a place where he'll never bury a Jew. And there's a coffin right there ready to go. It's a one-stop shop kind of thing. You get it all, the grave and the coffin, the whole thing. Obviously, he made the coffin for a non-Jew. And then you didn't have a choice, so you bought the grave and the coffin together from him. Says the Mishnah, you do everything for the dead on Shabbos. 
So when it comes to muktzah, we know you're not allowed to move muktzah, but you're allowed to touch muktzah. If you're not going to move it, you're allowed to touch it. So what can you do? Sachin umedichin oisay. I have a very interesting picture here. I just thought it was funny. You know, he's very politically correct, but here all of a sudden he pictures of the dead. These are for children, by the way. You a dead guy, and he's he's rubbing him real good with oil. In his mouth, he has a nice plug. Baruch Hashem, he didn't take a picture of the other plug that we're going to talk about in a second. You're not allowed to move any one of his limbs. Says Rashi, as the Mishnah is going to say, we're going to have it tomorrow, not even, or today, not even his eye. You're not allowed to move his eye. Because that's moving a maze. There's halacha, they have to close the eye of the maze. You can do this to the dead, Nebuch. Flip him over. Just lift up the bed like, you, like, like one of those practical jokes that you do to your friend. The dead just rolls over. Why would you do that? And you throw him onto the dirt. We're turning to Dafkufnun Aleph on the base, sponsored by Shia Greenfield from Green Star Electrical Contracting. Shia, let us know if you ever got like a good job based on this. Uh, I think uh, Borough Parker called you up and said, by the way, I'm using you because I heard you on the daf. If that's the case, you'd have to sponsor for the rest of the year. So why are you throwing him on the ground? Because you, you don't want the heat from the, the, the mattress. The mattress, whatever he's laying on, is going to cause the body to decompose quicker. Put him on the ground, on a cold floor. We're getting graphic here. You tie his jawbone. You don't want him to, it's terrible. The mouth pops open, not, not very covetous for the dead. And I guess, what is it called? Rigor mortis, whatever it's called. Yeah. I said deconcentrate, so, so I could say whatever I want now. Consecrate, deconcentrate. Rigor mortis. No, it's rigor mortis. Fine. You're not allowed to close, right? Because if you're going to wait until Shabbos is over, now you're going to have a maze. Like, I'm not saying terrible. So you, 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 but, but you, don't, you can't close it. Because again, you can't move the dead. So you wrap this thing around his mouth so it doesn't continue opening. That's it for today, I guess. Here's a beam that breaks in the ceiling. So the same exact halacha, I don't want it to fall down on my kid's head. So I put some sort of, and we had this halacha again, like mitaltalin, you're taking a kli out of, out, of, out of commission for the rest of the Shabbos. We had that whole sugya. Here it says in the Mishnah. Here's the Mishnah. You're not allowed to put, you're, you're allowed to put a bench to hold up the beam that shouldn't fall more, but you're not allowed to push it up into position and hold it there. You're allowed to put a bench or a bed. Don't push it up. That it shouldn't fall down. Says the There's a story with the Talmud He went into the bathhouse with him. He was his, his shamish for that day. He wanted to rinse off the ground. We already know this halacha. You're not allowed to rinse the floor. We said, remember when we learned that sugi that today you are, we have, uh, you know, uh, 
stone floors, not the problem that they have then. He wanted to put oil on the, on the ground. Why would somebody put oil? Not to trip up Rav Meir, but to, uh, like last night, not last night, two nights ago, I was coming back from the Chasana, from Yedid the Kremer's wedding. There's a firm guy in front of me on a motorcycle, and when he took the turn, he fell right down. He's an American guy with a nice beard. I had to get out of the car. He, the, the motorcycle fell on him. He couldn't get out of the motorcycle. Why? Because there's a nice, uh, you know, uh, puddle of oil right there in the middle of the street. So oil is not good. But what they did was they put this oil because it had a nice fragrance. And I guess this bathhouse didn't smell too good. So he wanted to put some fragrance on the floor. You don't do it. So what's the problem? The Gemara understood, very interesting, that the reason why you're not allowed to put the oil on the ground is because of the, the ground is muktzah. Since I can't lift up any of these bricks, so I can't put oil on those bricks. And the Gemara says, okay, if that's the case, well, how could I put oil on a dead? I can't lift the dead, so how could, how could I put oil on him? Why is the dead person different than a brick? Says Gemara, karka v'karka, machlefo. The reason I'm not allowed to put oil on the ground is because I can't put oil on dirt. Because if I put oil on dirt, just like I can't wash the dirt, because I'm going to smooth it out, and smoothing out is considered buying a building. But I made Xero that even in a bathhouse that has nice tiles, I can't, I can't oil it. But nobody's going to confuse a floor with a dead person. And therefore, I can put oil on a dead person. Karga b'karga mechalfa. Two types of floors could get confused. If I allow you to put oil on one floor, you come to put oil on the, on the uh, dirt floor. And the dirt floor is Ashwari Gumas. Mes b'karga mechalfa. Call, you're allowed to do everything for the dead. Call What else does it include? Mevin, clay, makar. You can bring things that are, have natural coolness to them. Refrigeration. Metal things. You put it on the, on the dead's stomach. That it shouldn't swell. And you plug up. You plug up his nikavim. In other words, You plug up the holes. Anywhere there's a hole, the top, the mouth, the nose, and on the bottom. So that ear doesn't come in, and that ear could swell. He'll blow up. And now the Gemara goes into a little bit of a gazeta. And it's going to continue even after the Mishnah. It says here an amazing thing. Shlaima says, it brings the, the Gemara brings this Pasuk, and we're going to go through the Pasuk. It's a very long Pasuk. It's a whole Arich And word by word. But basically what's going on is that Shlaima Melech is telling us a tremendous aside for life. And he says, don't wait until you get older to do tshuva. When you're older, you're already weaker, and your body doesn't function the same way. And just do it when you have the strength. So says Shlaima Melech, Shlaima He's talking about, it's a muscle of a well. And the well has a pail, and it has a rope, and on the other side it has like another kind of clean, a counterbalance. It goes up and down. So it says, don't wait. That the metal chain is going to snap. That's referring to the human spine. That's like a, 
a metal chain, Vitoritz Gulas Hazov, and the bowl, this golden bowl, what is it? Ze'ama, that's the bris in other words, your body is falling apart. Don't wait until you, you, you can't walk, you have back pain, and, 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 and nothing's working. And the, the bowl is going to break. What, so if it snaps over here, think about it. If this side snaps and the bowl falls into the well, what happens? The other side, the other counterweight comes flying up, hits the wheel, and the whole thing goes kaput. Says the Gemara, that's, that's what holds the water. The, so you eat, it goes into your stomach. So the Gemara Darshan's Galgal, the wheel, Elabar will fall into the pit. Galgal can mean golo, like the waste, human waste. Elabar says Rashi, to the mouth, your waste will come to your mouth. Ze perish, it's waste. I'll put this waste on your face. In other words, I don't want your Yom Toivim. So it says in the Zoyar, if you look in these benchers that have the Zoyar, it's a very interesting thing. It's just amazing because we're learning Mesech Shabbos and we're almost finished with Shabbos. And a big insight here that on Yantif, if you don't give to the poor for Yantif, you take everything for yourself. You go shopping, you buy the expensive meat, and that, but you don't give to the poor. Says Hakadosh Baruch Hu, I'm gonna th- throw this yantif back in your face like a bunch of excrements in your face. But by Shabbos, says the Zoyar, that's not true. If I don't give on Shabbos, Shabbos is so chashuv, it has so much gedusha that even if you don't give like you're supposed to, Hakadosh Baruch Hu doesn't throw it in your face. It's not waste in your face. It's just interesting. We're learning something Shabbos. We have Shabbos every single week. It's not Shabbos, oh, there's, uh, it, there's so much Gdusha to it that HaKashboch gives it to us every week. And so much more, according to Zoya, so much more than a Yantif. These are people that indulge in materialism. Every day is a Yantif by them. Calm down, chill out. Learn some Torah, do the daf. Stop having fun. A human being after three days, crazy and if cast. I'm just thinking in general, why does this happen to us? Why when you're 50 years old, I'm going to say something very controversial, nobody's going to believe it, but I have one witness, and my wife, she's Pasolaitis. I used to dunk. And why am I saying this? Because it was the most hush of a thing to me in my life. I worked hard on it. I was able to grab rim and everything, but no one knows what I'm talking about. To dunk. I, haven't, I didn't do it that many times. After I got married, I was also able to. Guy, ask Aaron Hamnik. He's alive and well in Lakewood. Ask him. He was there. He saw other people. Fine. Let me show you. Don't say it's a maizu Why is it that today I, can, I can't even grab net? Forget about rim. What's pshat? Baruch Hu is sending us signs. He's telling us, as you get older, your beard starts getting whiter, your spine starts hurting, and you start limping. And to tell you, Rabid, it's almost over. You're getting there. You're almost there. You better do tshuva. You better wake up and start learning Torah and do what you need to do. These are all signs. That's what it says in the Apostle. Bittishavah, 
your, your spine is going to snap, and then everything is going to stop working, and then you, 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 you have stomach issues. It's, it's a design to show us. Lat, lat, you're almost there. One foot in the grave. Says the Mishnah, You're not allowed to close the dead person's eye on Shabbos. I had the unfortunate tzchus to do it to my 49-year-old mother. A very, very terrible thing to do. And it's a mitzvah, I guess. The Bukhar should do it. But you don't do it on Shabbos because you're moving the mace. nefesh. Don't be such a tzaddik. Oh, it says in the Mishnah where you have to do the eye and you go run over. I think, I think she's dead. <laughs> Close. Why? Because you could be killing the person. Hastening the death. It says a tremendously sight that in Jewish, Jewish life is so chashev and important that milliseconds count here. The person is dead practically. You think he's dead, probably dead. But don't rush it because if you... If you made it happen one second too early, whether it means literally they're going to give you the death penalty for this, or it's a mushal, it's, it's, it's a double chamer. That's why Jews are so careful with pulling machines and all that stuff. If you close the eyes as soon as the Yitzhiyah Neshama happens, it could be considered killing. Example, you see a candle, it's dwindling. Yes, it's about to go out. If you put your finger on it, it's going to go out right away, and you caused it. Tanya. If you need to close the eyes on Shabbos, you should blow wine into his nose, put oil by his eyes, and hold on to his two large, uh, whatever they're called, uh, toes, and the eyes will close by themselves. If you have a one-day-old baby, worthless baby, hasn't, done, hasn't accomplished anything in this life, you go and you do anything you can to save its life. David, Melch Yisrael Mace, but the king, one of the greatest Jews that ever lived, dies, ain't Mechal Shabbos. You don't, you're not Mechal Shabbos. That's what we had in this Mesech. What do I do? My father died. The dogs need to eat. What do I do? Kikar, the whole thing. Because eventually he'll keep many Shabbos. Why not? By a king. Once you're dead, you're dead. You can't be mekayim any mitzvah. Dead are free. What do you mean they're free? They're free from mitzvahs. They can't accomplish anything once they're dead. So try to accomplish as much as you can now. When a person is alive, you don't have to keep away the mice, the rats. The strongest individual, but a dead has no power to keep the mice away. All the animals are going to fear you. Naturally, animals are scared of humans. 
like that book I read, and I couldn't find it in the 80s. I read a book about a woman in the safari, going back to the safari. She, she used to go into the safari, deal with all the lions, play with them, and she writes all about it, and the, the, the lions are so scared of there. In the last page of the book, it says, My mother was killed by a lion. But when a person dies, that's it. Animals are not scared of him anymore. A lion will not attack two people. We just said a lion won't attack one. Okay. But you see, there are instances when a lion will attack two people. If a person looks like an animal to a lion, why will he look like an animal? Because he's Chayiv Misa. Hagzibar said, This person must die. So he looks like a delicious cow. He doesn't look like a human being. You're not to sleep alone. Home alone. Asr. There's a terrible shade called Lilis. Attacks people that sleep by themselves. You should give tzedakah until you find the person to give it to. And when you have it, and you're able, you're not old and frail, you can give, you give. Look for the tzedakah. I know you love this. Naftali, you love this gemara. Give tzedakah when you can give, give tzedakah. What does that mean? There'll be time, years, that you say, I don't, I don't care anymore. What does it mean, I don't care anymore? When Mashiach comes, you won't be able to give tzedakah, says the Gemara. Nobody's poor. The famous Shmuel, the Amr Shmuel, when Mashiach comes, nothing's going to change. There'll be poor people. Alright, let's stop here. Manasseh. We owe a lot. Noam, what are we going to do? Say something to him. Say to him, have us in mind that we should get to the proper place we're gonna get, we need to get to. And Ephraim Freeman's wife, what's the name? I forgot the name. Zahava something. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, say it. I'll try to look for the name while you say it. Say it some tilim, please. Yo, Bergman, what are you saying?
I don't know. She's not feeling well. So we have to say Tillim for her. David Feinberg, are you related to that Feinberg that was killed in that show? Yeah. No. Steve Green for the FC calls already? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet? What do you mean, not yet? Chutzpah. He knows it's coming. He knows it's coming. Listen, Ellie, Ellie, do me a favor. Call up Shia. Pretend you're somebody else. Call, make him she say, I heard about, you know, make him feel good. He doesn't have your wife's number, I hope. Call from her phone. Say your name is Nachum Mechveis. Uh, you're looking, you heard about him on the Shear. You want, you want to, you want, you want to, you want to get a good quote. At least like some action, some, even though you're not going to go through, it'll be some action. He's looking for what? Ah, you're saying good, but listen, you, you do you do things like we learned yesterday. You get a slaff tree. You get a you go the extra mile. You get a you get a nice tree growing that give you parnasa. It, it doesn't hurt to get parnasa. Doesn't hurt. And then like this, Shia can learn more Torah. That's the whole. He wants that also. He wants to be able to dedicate more time to Torah, less time to parnasa. So if he gets a nice lands a nice job, you never know. You never know.